Now I'm telling these son of a bitches that we respect the Japanese of this country who are honest businessmen. And yeah, this is the land of opportunity for legitimate business, not for death merchants who distribute drugs to our children through schools and on the streets. Now I'm telling these motherfuckers that if they continue killing our children to make their precious millions that they deposit in their secret Swiss bank accounts, Counselor, before your lawsuit even gets off the court clerk's desk, I'll have their stinking bodies in garbage bags and ship them back to Japan for fertilizer. Got it? And you too. Excuse me, miss. By the way, what's an all-American girl like you doing with a geek like this? Muscle-bound cop in the ladies' wig and the bat-fitting baseball cap. See him driving around the city, running over bad guys in his Chevrolet piece of crap. On loan from San Diego, they call him Samurai. But he doesn't fit the profile for a samurai. He doesn't even have a sword. Hello everyone, you are listening to the Film Punch Podcast, and uh, we are concluding our So Bad It's Good month with a cinematic masterpiece, a 1989 God film. God damn it, Neil, it's from 1991. <laughs> called Samurai Cop, and goddamn you, IMDb, <laughs> which is by Amir Shervada. Uh, Amir Shervan. Shervan, I'm sorry. Um, and it is a film that I believe really exemplifies the spirit of the age in which it was made, featuring a marvelous soundtrack and amazing choreography. This film really represents, I believe, uh, early 90s cinema at its peak, and uh, is really sort of a, uh, it doesn't matter, it's just about like this guy who's maybe a cop or a samurai. shit. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell. I'm really Uh, offended here. I, I, I thought this was a completely different podcast i'm confused because it, i love this movie i'm, I'm personally <laughs> how dare you well, well you know you know i i thought there was a lot of interesting philosophy apologize in this apologize i i, I am sorry i am sorry i am sorry and and my irony was sort of self-reflective because this is a meta film i don't know what your words you're saying <laughs> I'm, I'm confused <laughs> But anyways, uh, so uh, let's let's go around and uh, introduce some of the people talking. I'm Neil Klingerman. Uh, let's just start with you guys. Aaron Ackerson. Marissa Robert Cup. Lavi Martin. Dave Klingerman. Brad Schwartz. Oh, it's me now? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave Kowazinski, also known as DJ. Uh, Rayvon Odier. Dave Lanza Fame. Isaac Benson White. So we have three Daves here. Oh, uh, I already introduced myself. Uh, we have three Daves here, and uh, we also have the only one. We also we also have fight, oh, fight. and okay, uh, and uh, the <laughs> so so we have we have we have we have uh, 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 Aaron Ackerson. Do it again. Do it again. Well, I am a cop. All right. <laughs> So, a uh, yeah, and you're a Robert cop, yes, so you know. <laughs> so anyone, everyone needs to Google Robert cop right now and actually see this. Yes, so and, they know what that is. And yes. while you're on Google, you also probably want to Google the Aaron and Marissa podcast. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So if you like uh, podcasts, which hopefully you do, if you're listening to this, then you can also listen to our podcast, which is also a podcast. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that sounds podcastic, yeah. <laughs> so now that we've gotten the podcast credentials out of the way, um, 
we really want to talk about. I really want to talk about uh, this film's sense of continuity. I think. I think that the <laughs> continuity in this film is, uh, you know, some of the best continuity I've seen. You know, it's on. It's on like the level of Scorsese, and um, you know, you know, it's just amazing how he's able to take these different scenes that feel like they're from different areas and make it seem like it's all one. It, it, it was almost like they were filming in like five different buildings. All the time, <laughs> and they were like one singular action scene. I mean, you know, you yeah. There was one fight scene that was like three different locations. <laughs> they're having like a they're having like a shootout scene in like three different movies in like seven different time periods. Yes, <laughs> I see the Catholic influence too. Like Scorsese, you see how, how it's very it's a cross imagery and the, yeah, it's, it's the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. So, so just to provide an explanation, we're looking at the cover of this movie, which as provided by Amazon Prime, exactly, which has which has uh, the lead one of the lead bad guys in the middle holding his arm arms out, as implying he's... a cross, and then above him, implying a Christ like figure, is Mister Samurai Cop himself, Joe Samurai. Joe Samurai. I'd just like to point out too, if you can't read the tagline, it does say, "You have the right to remain silent, dead silent." <laughs> so, so how many of us were dead silent after watching this film? <laughs> I don't dead think anyone was silent was. through the whole movie. We actually had to turn the subtitles on because some mm. of us hadn't seen it, and we were talking so much we didn't know what was going on. But uh, well, well the, you know, this is a film that really provokes conversation. Even, even with the <laughs> subtitles on, I still don't know what was going on. So, yeah. <laughs> cinnamon. Cinnamon. Well, yeah, yeah, like, like is that is that your cinnamon? I mean, really? It's very reflective of today's modern. You and your cinnamon, Terry. Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, what I mean, I mean, the the viewpoint of this movie is very Trumpian in a way. You know, uh, all these all these girls that just randomly. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure is still the same girl. Yeah, pretty much. Like they every all kind of look alike. Every, all no, all, all all three of the girls who he flirts with slash sleeps with without with their clothes on were all blonde. Yeah, exactly. so that makes it really hard. Like in Two any other them, movie, they would be different hair colors at the very least, so you can distinguish between them. If you're not right. really paying attention. Two of them were blonde, and there was one redhead. Yes, yeah, yeah. the redhead was oh, evil. No, I was talking about who the one who randomly disappeared. The, the Tracy yeah. Lords looking one. Yeah, <laughs> redhead was the evil one. Yeah, that's, true. that's how you separate the, the evil ones and the good ones. Yeah, yeah. That's that's right. That's right. The cast was very culturally diverse. Yes, <laughs> just not very culturally sensitive. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean, I mean, that was pretty much it. Was pretty much L.A. in the eighties. Wait, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? I'm confused. Because I, I, thought, the, I thought the movie was very sensitive. I mean, I'm a white guy, but I thought... <laughs> me personally, I, was, I, was, I wasn't offended In at case all. you can't well, tell already, well, he's white. Yeah, <laughs> so... So, from, so, so, we now have the white male perspective. <laughs> um, thank you, thank you. I was, you know, I need really silent. I, I, you know, my whole life, especially in this podcast. I'm glad I finally have a voice here. And all white people everywhere. <laughs> Silent brand. We could talk about Frank Joe Marshall's. Oh yeah. What color partner. was his butt? I don't think they told us in the movie. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so. By by the way, by the way, the moment I saw Frank, I was like, I'm too old for this shit. He looked like a low rent like Danny Glover. <laughs> Danny Glover. <laughs> Frank was the partner. Joe yeah. Samurai's partner. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to be the more like cool, level-headed guy, you know, to Billy D. control. Light. Yeah. yeah, Billy D. Williams light or uh, Danny Glover light. The yeah. 45 light of Billy D. Williams. So, so Samurai Cop was an attempt at a buddy cop movie with uh, samurai influences because Maybe. katana means. Japanese sword. Oh, okay. Well, well, you know, you know, you know. Everybody thought martial arts was cool, and you know, buddy cop movies were cool, and beat 'em up video games were cool. Let's get the music from video beat 'em up video games. I just realized the thing that this movie actually reminds me of are the uh, American Ninja movies. Oh yeah. Oh man. Classics. in that in the eighties, like America had that like really bizarre love affair with everything that was like. From specifically from Japan, everything came from Japan. Like everything was about ninjas and <laughs> Japanese businessmen, and you know, I guess they were like, "Ah, oh, this guy was like, everybody's doing ninjas. I'm going to do a samurai movie." Which is like, what samurai have? I don't it, know, swords. Yeah, sure. it, it was all this like '80s like, worry. This big, 
about like uh, the Japanese taking over our business, and yeah, that was represented through terrible samurai buddy cop movies. <laughs> Can we talk about the beautiful flowing hair of, of like obviously the main character, but also the uh, all the bad guys? Oh, oh man! Yeah. Whoa, so whoa! Much hair in well, for, well, story now the story behind the main character's hair. So Amir Shervan, the director, told Madhan and the star that they would be filming for three weeks. And then they filmed for three weeks, and he said, okay, we're done, thank you, bye. And then later, he called Matt again, and he's like, hey, I need you to come to my office. Now, in the meantime, so he started out with long hair, Matt Hannon. Beautiful. Uh, his agent suggested that after he finished this movie, that he cut his hair short. He thought, you know, a different look would get him more roles. So he comes to Amir's office with his short hair. Amir says, what the fuck have you done? You've fucked up my movie. You, you, you can't. He was like, but you told me we were finished shooting. He was like, no, we have to do reshoots now. So, Amir drove him to a wig shop, and they bought the first wig they saw off on the shelf that was anywhere close to his to his original hair, which wasn't that close. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, well, well agree, disagree. <laughs> and, uh, and they reshot about half the movie with him wearing this ridiculous, you know, voluptuous, you know, very wig. Wonderful. Very much so. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely which lovely. Which is something this movie actually has in common with the 2015 uh, Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> yeah. um, there were extensive reshoots in that, and you can tell which scenes were the, resho- the reshoots because Kate Mara is wearing a really obvious wig. So, uh, <laughs> y- you wouldn't think, uh, you know, a big budget, you know, Hollywood movie would have much in common with Samurai Cop, but... There you go. Now, now, what about all the mullets? Was that like a, a, a political statement or a fashion statement? I was a little confused. Well, well it was. It was, was Asian mullet I've seen mean, my time. It was it, a party in the back. I would exactly. imagine that uh, all the cast did their own hair because uh, they also provided their own wardrobe and their own vehicles. The car that you see, um, authentic, it was very authentic. That you see the samurai cop uh, driving at the beginning of the movie. That was Manhattan's actual car. <laughs> so, so I, I had a question for you, since you seem to be an expert on this film. Uh, all right, yeah. uh, where'd the car from Oregon come from? Oregon. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> so it must be kind of nice yeah. to imagine, like you're in, you're in LA and you're getting an agent. You're kind of working. You're doing all the additions, and there's this guy who's like, you know, he says, "You, you are going to star in my big." blockbuster movie and you're like that's awesome that's amazing and the next thing he says is can you bring your own car (laughs) (laughs) and then you're just like huh so so it's my understanding that this about to call your mom and you're like yeah okay no so it's it's my understanding that this guy um and and the guy's name was uh which guy the main the main guy oh oh the 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 main character that was played by uh matt hannon Matt Hannon, also known as matthew caritas and also known as brian machiavelli Okay, well, <laughs> Brian Machiavelli. So I heard he was actually like a, uh, a an actual like uh, um, kung fu instructor or martial arts um, instructor. He was a bodyguard for Sil- Sylvester Stallone. Oh, um, so bodyguard or body double? Bodyguard. <laughs> so Either he came way. to Hollywood actually with the intention not of becoming the next Stallone or the next uh, Schwarzenegger, but with becoming the next John Candy. He wanted to be a funny guy who's muscular. He wanted to fill that niche. So anyway... <laughs> Which John Candy is, of course. If anyone's confused, John Candy was the uh, world's strongest see, man. I could see Matt Hannon like, being up there with the Barbarian Brothers, if you're familiar with those movies. So he started working out at the same gym that Stallone went to. He became acquainted with Stallone, and Stallone hired him to be part of his bodyguard team. And it was through another one of the bodyguards that he met... Amir Shervan, the director of Samurai Cop, and became the star of this movie. So when everybody was so when everybody was yeah. calling out like low rent Rambo, hey, he literally was a low rent Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So what about our uh, our favorite uh, Stretch Armstrong lookalike, uh, Robert Zadar? Oh man, <laughs> oh man, he has an illustrious career. He was kind of a Renaissance man. He worked as a Musician, uh, a Chicago police officer, oh, a Chippendales dancer, Whoa. and a movie star. Hmm. Mostly in B movies, um, he was oh. in he was in this movie. He was in some other Amir Shervan movies. He was in the movies uh, 
Future War and Soul Taker, which were both oh, wow. both featured on MST3K. <laughs> and he was also in at least one mainstream movie. He was in Tango and Cash with Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah. Another Stallone connection of this huh. movie. And now he's dead. And he, and then he died. Probably but not Sylvester of his Stallone charism. Is still okay. May he so rest in clarify. peace. May he rest in peace. Rest in moment, peace. Moment of silence for Robert Zadar. That, that's good enough. I think that moment oh, of silence was. was may, he, may he rest. May he rest in the peace. Standing up. Yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so, so by the way, by the way, speaking of like. Uh, I know this was like many minutes ago, but whatever. This is a bad movie podcast. Uh, the uh, continuity bad movie probably podcast, not bad movie podcast. Bad. <laughs> well, well, you know, it, it all depends on how we go. But, you know. yeah. uh, <laughs> we suck. Is this the low self esteem podcast? It is. It is. Uh, so you know, we all kind of suck. Sorry. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Anyways, remember use I statements. Right, 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 right. We suck collectively. Yeah, we're bad at things. We are. I gotta say, I also really love I the the conversations they were having in this movie was like everybody was everybody was having like their own they were just monologuing over each other. It was like Aaron Sorkin was writing the film. Yes, it was that that good. But they all, they they all had that shot separately of... as well, right? Like, each also... person's side of the conversation was, like, shot absolutely in a vacuum from the other people. Well, no, oh, yeah. very rarely... That was a people... mesonite, you know. When, very rarely when people talk, are they, like, are they with anybody else? It's usually just by themselves, face literally it, talking yeah. at the camera, yes, yeah. Close straight up. ahead. It's a great, great way to put it, is I Aaron think... Sorkin. It's definitely, like... Every other page got filmed, and yeah. like an intern just like lost. Well, half of well, it. he he was he was pulling from the passion of Joan of Arc with all the like intense close up <laughs> scenes, really bringing out the quality of acting I, that these I actors had. I think the most <laughs> obvious scene was the two cops like near the end when she's just like, "Hey, we've got a few minutes. Let's go fuck." Yeah, it's like you're you're working. You're supposed to be backing up the two guys that just ran inside. And then the scene, but then the scene cuts, and you're like, "Well, did they fuck Mel Leverdon?" That was the most that's interesting just, part. But that's just the LA. Just leaves us hanging. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, but I mean, this movie leaves a whole lot of hanging threads. Like you know, no, we never know if they, they fuck. They, we they never sum things up pretty well. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Is, like, is he circumcised? We still don't know. <laughs> yeah, we still don't know. He was killed. So. Because he never took his underwear off, even while he was having sex. He never took his underwear off. He never touched a breast. Well, if you're doing it right. You know? <laughs> well, he was a never knew, so we don't don't even make fun of who the guy is. I mean, that's. I mean, but but I mean, but I mean, this guy had special powers. I mean, how else could a somebody on a cop salary afford to have a beachside resort in La Jolla? <laughs> month to month, uh, month paying month to month. Right. So he's with not, a swimming pool. pool. Yeah. And he's not even from Los Angeles. He's from San Diego. He's in Los Angeles temporarily to help out their police oh, yeah. force. But for some reason, he owns a mansion on the beach. Month in month. Los Angeles. Well, no, 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 no. That looked more like La Jolla. It was more rocky. And, okay, you know, okay. So he goes back to San Diego LA. every day. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll buy that. San Diego isn't far from LA, you know. There is one thing that this movie did prove unequivocally <laughs> that guns were fired. And that people fell down. Yes. <laughs> but but people but, shot guns at each other, and typically one of those people would fall down. Yeah. So so one of the things that, that really disappointed me was, despite this film being called Samurai Cop, he barely got to use his sword. Why Why call guy. the movie Samurai Cop? More like using heavy, his other more sword. Like oh. <laughs> oh. 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 There you go. There you go. So, so, so. One. Of, speaking of symbols, there were a lot of interesting symbols <laughs> like in the background. Each other, basically, <laughs> whole scene, because that's like what this movie was. And just like, like, uh, adolescent boys, like whoa. <laughs> so, because the game, yeah. literally, the shootout scenes were literally just like a protracted like. Bang, bang, I shoot you, yeah, totally. I got you, fall down. No, I got you first. <laughs> they were probably, like, as interesting to watch as it was to play, or, like, if you were watching kids play this, like, as I did. You know, like, yeah, when, I was, like, when I was that I age. bet you it is just as interesting. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, 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 one thing that this film has a lot of interesting things, speaking of symbolism, are symbols in the background. <laughs> what were some symbols lion, in the background people the noticed? Oh, 
the, the lion. lion. The lion was the, the best sh- thing I've shag seen. Shag carpet lion <laughs> was in the back. I, I think the, shag carpet's the, the best roots. way to put it. There's the roots. Shag carpet lion. It's all about roots. I honestly want to know. The lion gave one of the best acting performances in the movie. It really did. He was strong and protective and. Um, the, the lion I think itself. the lion was was played by uh, Humphrey Bogart. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Brought back to life just for this movie. Yeah. The lion was made out of. Uh, yeah. Oh, didn't move much. So. Yeah, I, I think it was a lioness that they then put a shag carpet on. Mm-hmm. Because oh. for some reason they couldn't have a lioness bust, and I don't know. So the lion was wearing a wig just like Sunrise. Just it. Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wasn't wearing a wig in this movie. <laughs> you know, I've seen this movie 14 times, but I'm glad I could talk about it with you guys because there was so much I just didn't understand. I felt like it went over my head. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, like like the art in the room where there's like that sculpture in between the two characters. What this... about what about the crotch shots? What did those represent? I was a little confused. Oh well, by that. well, I I think that represents this. This film's uh, desire to, you know, uh, fuck more people. <laughs> yeah. you, mean the, uh, you mean the director's obsession with the butt? Yeah. 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 Well, and, and anything every, related every to the crotch. crotch. Anything related to the crotch. Every shot's a butt. Yeah. Shot. Well, yeah, he did so many, like, so many transition shots from, like, one scene to another where you're just like, close up on a woman's ass. I, I mean, yeah, well, like, I mean, I mean, that, this, like, this scene literally... This, scene, this movie literally invented like the the rear match cut match yeah. shot, you yeah. know. Yeah, shot, like you yeah exactly, exactly. Butt, butt, back and forth. Yeah, back I mean, to back. so classy, very tasteful. <laughs> backside to backside. Oh, and I don't know about the politics too, because I was a little. I know the police were talking about kicking in doors, and they said if they got to the wrong place, they would just. Would I ever apologize? <laughs> well, you know, you know, the the, in, the, in the Constitution, you know, it is it explicitly says, you know, police may, uh, uh, you know, go to a house and investigate, but if they if they get the wrong house, they have to apologize. It says that in Article Three, have to say, Section Two. Article Three, Section Nine says they have to say they are quote super sorries. <laughs> and what about murder? Like uh, I, I've heard they said freeze a couple times, but they were like shooting in, in the active sanctuary. Yeah. For some reason, they didn't say anything. They just and fired. also remember, like at the end, like when that when that police captain was retiring. Yeah. If you are a retiring police captain, you can basically give the orders to just murder everybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. 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 Captain Rome. Oh, by, by, by the way, by the way, let's talk a little bit about that police captain. Did, did everybody? Did every? Could everybody just sense the 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 feeling of like exhaustion on the part of the captain? Well, he had something up his ass. Quite literally, he had something up his ass. Figure out how to get it out. Here's what, yeah, that's what, that's what amazes me about that scene. He's like, it's like there's a club up my ass. <laughs> And it's staying there, and it needs to get like the fact that it just kept going. Yeah, yeah. that whole thing kept going. Like yeah. I know, it's like there's a club up my ass. Pause, and it needs to get out. Yeah. I need to figure out how Pause. to get it out. I need to figure uh, out how to get it out. Like, I'm gonna say something. You're just like it's still going. Yeah. yeah. So I think uh, that guy is. He gave a good acting performance, especially in that scene, because. So after the scene seems like it should be over, after the other two characters leave the room and he's still sitting there, and he's like, 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 you're, you're kind of waiting for the scene to cut, but like the director must, must not have cut, but he, he the, the actor just keeps going. He just like sits back. He makes various different expressions. I mean, like, I, I feel like he was breaking at that point. Like yeah. I feel like he couldn't. Like he was like, okay, this is hilarious. Like I can get out. I feel like the director didn't realize yeah. that and left that in. Yeah, he was. He was so. I just want to say it was. Um, it was just like whose guy was in Lincoln? It was just like Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> so in the control. He was the he cop, become, so he had to keep. Yeah, he became. So he had to keep rolling the phone. Yeah. That right. club had to keep rolling. That club had to feel up his ass. That, yes. Okay, okay. I have, I have one, le- one non-ironic thing to say. Like, legitimately, <laughs> that guy, no. that guy, legitimately was the best actor in this whole movie. <laughs> he was one of the best. <laughs> he, he under, he understood that what he was doing was shit, so he decided yeah. to like ham it up, and he did it in a good way. Yeah. That guy, the and, actress that played Peggy, though, was. <laughs> no, 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 I think I Peggy, think AKA the, the, the buddy, like the cop. the side yeah. cop. Oh yeah, he uh, was also his drunk. those facial expressions. That, you, got, you got for the price on that. Yeah, Frank. Frank, no. Frank there you go. Yeah. Oh, you mean that whole scene where it's like he's that? There's that 
Would you call that flirting? I don't know what that dude would call yeah. that. That semi weird, bizarro world flirting. Okay, thing. flirting if it was again written by like a middle school boy or something yeah. like that. Or like, and who likes to talk about circumcisions? Because that was a big question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so but then again, you see, he's well, that, that's why they. Well, just randomly like felt him up and was like, oh, there's nothing there. And then like it kept cutting to Frank, and he's all like, he's all like, because you know he's all like, ooh. It's like, like what? The next scene's going to be like what? Like angry? Then he's going to be crying? Like and the funny the thing about that scene? Well, one see. of the funny things about that scene uh-huh. is that um, uh, Mark Fraser, who played Frank Washington, when he was making all his reaction faces, he didn't know what he was reacting to. He was just <laughs> standing by himself, I think, in the director's house or somewhere, and in, the, in and his the, office. I and think. the director, well, his house was his office Blue because restaurant, <laughs> I think. Um, so he he just points the camera at him and says, "Hey." Make faces, react to stuff. And then he edited that into that scene. Oh my God. <laughs> if I could, it was seamless. If I could go back a couple... Perfect. So so I'm confused because you don't talk about circumcisions when you're f- flirting with the opposite sex? Because, I, I don't know, maybe... I haven't had sex do. yet, but I'm kind of confused. <laughs> maybe this is one of the reasons why. I'm confused. Everyone flirts differently. Um, okay. I just want to make sure I'm saying the right thing. Everybody has their own method. I've been listening to lots of podcasts on like, on like flirting and like the, the pickup world. Uh-huh. You need to listen okay. to more Dr. Nerd Love. Okay. <laughs> Because you're not That's supposed to. You are or you aren't. I'm confused. So you yeah. talk about your circumcised penis or your uncircumcised penis? <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. And constantly. Good. Constantly. Okay. And, and, and it helps okay. if you, if you refer right to it as your black gift. My, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. well, I'm a white guy, but. Oh, Just, you should call it a black gift anyway. Still, still call it a black gift? Okay. Yes. That'll, that'll totally. That'll totally I'm going to need a copy of this podcast. That's that CD. totally what we need. CD player in my car, so. I, in a, yeah. DJ is still. Uh, this film, this film I, I really feel I really feel as a white male. Um, there are way too many white males here, by the way. Um, I feel. Uh, should I leave? <laughs> I don't think there's a such thing, really. I think that the more white males, the better. I think I'm speaking for the entire room. Maybe I should leave. Not at all. Oh, I'm not. Okay, I apologize. But 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 as a white male, this film, like you know. Handles race, racial issues, you know, with with real depth with and real uh, aplomb, uh, uh, <laughs> precision. Aplomb. No, I think aplomb is the best way to. It's it's sensitive mm-hmm. to race relations. Very. Yeah. Oh, it, it's as sensitive like as it is involved the flirting. As, you know. Yeah, it's yes. sensitive as though like having hot grease thrown on her lap is sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> or or you know asking about circumcision. But at the same time, I feel like Amir Shahwan was holding back a little bit. Like I feel like he could have he could have been a lot worse than he was. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> this was him holding. I feel, back. I feel like this was him being like, okay, this is an American audience. I need to like tone it down. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. I, I like. Did, I did feel a restraint, a bit of restraint. Yeah, exactly. It's always a good sign when the wor- when the best thing you can say about a movie is that it could have been worse. <laughs> So what was everyone's favorite scene? Yes. I like oh, it when good. Samurai Cop shot that guy and that guy <laughs> fell down. Yeah. And he did it, and he did it like 10,000 more times in the movie. I'll, I'll be honest, out of all the many scenes where the guy was shot and fell down, the best was a guy with the sword who goes, wow, 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 and then... Frank just goes boom, and he goes. Oh, I like the love scene. <laughs> Which one? Yeah, there were very many good love ones. Scene. Yeah, there were very many good ones. It was What's just your the favorite love scene done five times over. All right, and you want to know something about that whole sword? Like the guy had the sword, and his friend shot him. Such a good scene. They decided, hey, let's do it again. <laughs> My favorite was the grinding scene where they were topless, both the man and the woman, but yes. they were wearing their underwear and they were just grinding against each other. All these That's how sex works. Oh. First you talk about circumcision and then you leave your underwear on it and grind it with each other and don't touch it. Doesn't advocate safe uh, does not advocate though unsafe sex. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Oh by exactly. the way, and apparently and according to Samurai Cop, when you do sex, uh you don't move. You no. just you just lay there. You, just, you don't want to you hurt just yourself. lay there. You, yeah, you and awkwardly move. nibble your partner. Yeah. And, you do, and you do it as slow as, as possible. possible. It's sensual. Well, they even that's had what, that beautiful that's what shot. Saying, like, this is an action movie that, like, for some reason, seemed like it really wanted to be a softcore porn. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they had that beautiful shot too, where you know the two of them were on the beach. When like the like, yes. where like, no, like, when the gangster is like 
with his girlfriend and samurai cops like right there like outside the door of the, yeah. the window and he's like, oh, he's, hi, like and he's like you're under arrest and he's like struggling with <laughs> <in> the door <laughs> actually actually like, really didn't think this truthfully <laughs> truthfully my favorite scene is that where yeah. he's like ready to charge door. in and they can't open the door yeah. Yeah. just hang on there just wait a sec I'm coming I mean I mean, no wonder their chief keeps uh, getting threatened to be fired I mean they're so incompetent <laughs> so incompetent I would say that, that's close, but my favorite scene is definitely Frank making those faces. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Funny. It's pretty hard to pick a favorite scene because in this movie, pretty much every scene is my favorite scene. <laughs> but if I have to pick one, I think I would pick the scene with the gay waiter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my, god. oh my god. We were oh talking god. about being racist without talking about that scene. Like, yeah. That's that's way more. Like that guy should have been in way more of the what movie. The hell that was. He should have been like, like the Peach main Bear. one of the main stars of the movie. I I like, agree. So that was that was the actor's name was uh, Jose Lito Rescober, and uh, he's a he is another just like Robert Zadar, another person who appears in multiple Amir Shervan films. Oh. And apparently in each film he plays a very different character. Like yeah, well, I, I I was I was. Gonna I was going to ask he, was he's, he's the Leo to Scorsese because yeah. Zadar would be the Niro. So 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 I'm going to ask I'm going to ask uh, so does that actor always play just this flamboyant a character? So I actually haven't seen another Amir Shaivan movie all the way through, but from what I, <laughs> oh, really? from what You're from what I've read about them, this one. so like yeah. in another movie he played a doctor. Yeah. I don't know if it was a flamboyant doctor or not, but yeah. he played a doctor. I'm sure, he nailed all it. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not at all insensitive at all. He, I think yeah. it was, you know, know was beautifully very, from the very, game. Very, very uh, playing a character that yes, was old. Yeah. Like, that oh is, my god. Yeah. That it was old hat in the seventies. Oh yeah. Like that kind of character. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like layers of offensiveness, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like that crap was like old in the fifties. I know. I know. I was reminded of like uh, I think it was in the Maltese Falcon where they had the gay <laughs> character. I was reminded of that with that character. It was so offensive. I particularly, I particularly thought, like you said, there was like layers to it because they talk about suicide also in such a like flippant way. Bang! Yeah. Yeah. Like, bang! Ha ha ha! Yeah, her dad's just laughing. Her yeah. Well, as we know, suicide's really funny. Glad he touched up. It is painless, you know. Uh, 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 next time. Uh, what was that? The last. That reminds me of the last the part of the movie part. where. Um, I've never seen remember he had the, the Sumbuku scene yeah. after Zadar, whatever his name was. Uh, Yamashita. Yamashita. Yamashita, the really white-looking Yamashita. You know, he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm the cut of his head." No, samurai cop. Don't forget that you're also a cop as well as a samurai. He's like, "You're right. I am also a cop." So I won't even though even though they went there specifically to murder Yamashita. Even though they got the green light from their chief. <laughs> and he killed everyone else. They killed everybody else. But then he's like, oh, I won't kill him. Well, what if, like, he's totally about to kill himself. Yes, definitely. Like, oh, yeah, let him do that. The thing that cracked me up, he's like, no, he must die honorably. And you hear, Gah! <laughs> 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 really super close up on his face. Like, all like, wincing and pain, like, yeah, it hurts and stuff. It's like, yeah, it's like yeah. a ready professor committing seppuku. <laughs> Pretty much. Now, was this? This is pretty much like James Bond, right? Like you have to get a license to kill, and then you're just you're free. But it's within that frame of reference, right? Well, uh, Samurai Cop, Samurai Cop, as we discussed during the movie, uh, operate by different rules than normal cops. That's the reason why he wears bleached jeans. You know, when yeah. High motorcycle jacket. He was a cop that dare say yeah. did not play by your rules. Oh no, not at all. And that's how you can get away with so much sexual harassment. You know, yeah. just kind of. Yeah, can comes I also in, say you know? that? Um, uh, I do not approve of the samurai cop method of picking up women. No, <laughs> I don't think a single like person here would. There was a lack of women's them. rights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like constantly like a lack of everything is a yeah. everything is a double on top. He, he freaking come to my car and then they're in his house. <laughs> he freaking he freaking stalks the one lady at their You're church. Not supposed to like follow that. There's a reason that he had to leave San Diego. I don't oh, think it was man. just to help out. Wait, yeah. 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 And the question is like. Did she have any memory of the time between those three? Like, those no, I was like, man, boy, just press the button. <laughs> so you, you don't fondle was... women's hair when they walk by you and and make them go topless. <laughs> what Maybe in San Diego they do. Oh, oh, well, yeah. you know, I have San friends Diego in San Diego, and like, you know, the things yeah. are very different there. She, she was on her way to church, and he comes up and was like, "Hey, 
we should go back to the station to interrogate you. Come back to my car. And, okay. Then they go to his house, and she's like, this is, this, no, this is a big car. Is I mean, this where you're going to interrogate? Is this the police station where you're interrogating yes, me? Yes, it's a police station and also B&B. At which point he, can, he proceeds to tell her that he, that he kidnapped his neighbor's <laughs> chicken, chicken. And, and, and killed, killed it, it. Yes. skinned it, and then cooked that, it. That was, that was all to impress her. And it was also her birthday. Right. Yeah. Which came out of nowhere. Worst until birthday was, ever. He was a very caring oh, man. So he he wasn't a serial see, killer. That was we all, no, we all, all get to no. see Samurai <laughs> Cop still wearing his Speedos. <laughs> With uh, his birthday cake. I believe the technical term is uh, a banana hammock. Uh, <laughs> and you saw a lot of banana. You oh, yeah. Saw, yeah, you definitely can tell where the sock began. That cake. Well, well and I, I really feel that this is a director's signature. He loves crotches. <laughs> half the attacks, half the attacks that Samurai Cop did were to the crotch. Yeah. Because, again, I think that's the sword he was talking about. Like, he loves crotches. Like, yeah. They have, like, all sorted. I think that's what they meant to do that yeah. movie is just uh, crotch well, shots. Well, I think the original the working title of the film shot. was Samurai Crotch. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I thought it was a very, very classy dick pocket. Beef and ham. <laughs> it looked really comfortable. I'll say that for it. It did. And then it started singing to her. It's like, it's like this scene could not get any more. <laughs> yeah. He kind of like gives up on the song halfway through and just like drops yeah. the cake to the side as well. Yeah, he's like very nonchalant. It's like, yeah, they're just going to like uh, drop. <laughs> and meanwhile, that cake <laughs> never got eaten. One of many yeah, continuity errors. <laughs> so many things. One of the plot holes, yeah. None of that food got eaten. I know. They made such a huge deal about it. So let's not forget, it keeps cutting to Samurai Cops and his third girlfriend having the time of their lives. And meanwhile, they're cutting to basically all of his friends being attacked and tortured and murdered, looking for the samurai cop. And then it goes back to them, and he's just like, I'm having the greatest time of my life, I'm swimming with this beautiful lady, and we're drinking wine. And then it's just like, you know, cut to Robert Tadar pouring, like, hot grease on one of his partners. He's just like, ah! I'm the woman cop. I, yeah, I, I, I think I think the scene transitions in this film are amazing. So I was a little curious. Okay, okay. I was a little curious. He said to uh, was the woman cop. I think her name was girl, said, cop. girl cop. Girl cop. Girl cop. He said, "Keep it warm." Peggy. Is, do women's vaginas tend to get cold? Um, You're asking a bunch of men. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, there's a, oh, no? No. Okay. no. Um, I'm a, what I do you mean? What do you mean? I, I think that was just divine foreshadowing for what Robert Jadon was going to do. Yes. I don't think I've felt, even during winter, where I'm like, oh shit, my badge is freezing. <laughs> <laughs> that was January 1991. That's true. Oh, that was also Los Angeles. It was a, it was a different time and place. So. But there, there, there are, there are multiple, multiple layers to Samurai Cop. And <laughs> yeah. as we dive deeper into this conversation, Conversation, we peel back more layers. It's like an onion, we just cried more and more. <laughs> yep. That's pretty yeah. accurate. Yeah, I was really sad when it ended just because it ended. I mean, I just want to see more. I know, I know. Wait, I, I feel like we haven't talked about the boss yet. Like the, the main <laughs> boss guy? What was his name? Yeah, yeah the, the, the main boss was uh, his Yamashita? name was uh, no, well, no, Yamashita was, was or Fujikara. Yeah. Fujiyama was, uh, Fujiyama. was the main boss. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting thing about him: so he was played by someone named uh, Cranston Komuro, and <laughs> who wasn't credited in the, in the in the movie for some reason. But anyway, he didn't want to be. He was not. Uh, maybe not. So he was not an actor. He was just some guy who was walking down <laughs> no. the street. No. It sure seemed like he was there. Amir yeah. spotted him and, and just said to him, hey, I want you to be in my movie. And it was like, no, I don't want to be in your movie. But Amir got his business card and kept calling him until he agreed to be in his movie. So worth it. According, he, according he to IMDb. Japanese, like, yes. oh, like, you know, you know, his career really took off, I bet. No, no. <laughs> Woody Harrelson, many other people, Woody Harrelson, Steve Carell, Chris Farley, a lot of the other careers of uh, famous actors and musicians, Will Smith, they all started the same way. They're just walking down the street. Yep. Someone started harassing them, and they became famous. <laughs> Will Smith, I want you to be in your movie. Well, no, I don't want to be in any movies. You're a Hollywood director. Just harass people. That's yeah. what you're supposed to do. True story. Yeah. That, is, that is the That's Hollywood way. Yeah. Yeah. Rule number one when you get to Hollywood. Don't just, be ethical. Just harass people yep. constantly. <laughs> exactly. Never leave them oh. alone. Never, never take no yeah. for an answer. No. Break into their homes. <laughs> yeah. He, he actually right. follow them to church. Yeah, it's good to say that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Reflect all the opinions. 
Also, so, as I grew up Episcopalian, and I just thought that the shout out to the Episcopal Church was weird in this movie, <laughs> but that specifically is the church that they chose. Yeah, it was pretty. Um, yeah, because also just I mean, fun fact: the Episcopal Church is one of the most progressive Christian churches. First openly gay bishop ordained there had a mm. uh, uh, currently has a uh, female. Uh, I almost say prime minister, but that's not what it's called. I'm not practicing anymore. <laughs> we can go with that. They're, they're, they're equivalent of a pope, person. right? Yeah. Well, no, head head person. Person. Head person sounds that sounds legit. Yeah. Are they welcoming to samurai cops? That's what I want. Like. <laughs> <laughs> girl cop officiate a Right. I, yes. Probably. The, the precinct's court-appointed one girl cop. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, and that, that's the reason why she went to uh, the Episcopal Church. Might she's progressive. So here's a question for everyone. I'm proposed. It's kind of like an SAT question. It's an SAT essay question. What, we're in Chicago, so ACT. ACT. Okay. SAT essay. What would a se- what would your perfect sequel look like? I don't know. Let's find out. It's up there. different than the sequel that actually exists. <laughs> yes. There is a sequel. It's called Samurai Cop Two: Deadly Vengeance. It was made in 2015 by a different director. Amir passed away oh, a while ago. So this one, but uh, Gregory Hatanaka of Cinema Epoch, who uh, made the restored version that we just watched, so he he bought the rights to it and he made the sequel. And it's not so great. It's uh, I really wanted to like it going into it, but like like while it was the original one was like so bad that it was good. The sequel is just bad, and I think. <laughs> There are three ingredients for a bad movie to be enjoyable. One is earnest intentions. Uh, the second one is lack of skill. Did he save Christmas? And the third would be um, lack of self-awareness. Yeah. And this, this, the original Samurai Cap had all of those elements. Amir Shervan was earnestly trying to make a real Hollywood action movie. He... <clears throat> Was a shitty filmmaker, and he didn't know how shitty he was. So he, now he he actually has a long history, a, a long career in making films. He actually started directing films in 1967, and and before Samurai Cop, he had actually directed at least 27 films, but most of those were in Iran. Um, mm. And from what I've from what I've read, um, the standards for what constituted quality filmmaking. In Iran in the 60s and 70s was were much more forgiving than in the United States. So, and in, in his own home country, he was considered to be a master filmmaker. Like he was respected mm. and looked up to. Mm. But you could like, tell. you could really tell. <laughs> yes, but, but you know. Okay. So, so to your point, right about earnestness, like what what was the thing that you found like that he tried the hardest at but wasn't able to do at all? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> but but if, you had, if you had to pick one thing, like. You could see that effort was put into it, but it was just like mm. in the wrong, like done wrong. That's a really good question. Well, I would, I mean, just saying, like, I would actually say what I feel like he tried was in the dialogue. <laughs> when, like, it's like, you gotta get your, you know, your junk off the streets, and people like you, you sell drugs to kids. And you <laughs> s- motherfucker. Yeah, yeah where he's like, he's like, you Sons sell, bitch, you sell drugs and you Sons sell destruction, which I didn't think you could do, but... <laughs> yes. It's, it's like, I think, like, this is supposed to be, like, the heartfelt message. Yeah. And he's yeah. calling them all, like, so. scumbags and assholes. Yeah. And meanwhile, Zadar's like, boy, that makes me want to stand up for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chime in on that. Uh, the sure. thing that I really think he was really tried hard to it i felt like he watched every single buddy cop movie from the 1980s when i watched this film and it was like his own like weird it was like watching it through the filter of like a very foreign perspective and maybe that was just because you know of the world of filmmaking that he came from and iran I also get a lot but, of like I get uh, a lot of Dirty Harry from there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Dirty Lethal Harry, uh, Lethal Weapon. You know, all Hollywood kinds of these. Homicide. Yeah, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, all kinds of these like '80s blockbuster films. And he was literally trying to make one of those films. And I think he had all the elements. He understood what made one of those films one of those films. <laughs> he just was very bad at putting it all together. Right. So when Gregory Hatanaka made his sequel, like I think he. Used the fact that he was using a that he was making a bad on purpose movie mm-hmm. to just make some lazy sloppy choices. Then he that he then he clearly knew better than like he could have used his filmmaking skills to make something good. But he was like, eh, it's it's supposed to be shitty anyway. So yeah, well I'm just gonna half ass it. It really like the original one 
all the sloppy mistakes that were made, they were made in earnest. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the sequel, there's just this, this sense of just laziness and apathy. Which, mm-hmm. whereas in the original, there's a sense of passion for filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. Other like, films that he directed for our listeners. Uh, he, um, so in night in the 1980s. So this was in the post uh, Islamic Revolution era of uh, Iran. So. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. There was heavy film film censorship, so it wasn't a good time for him to be a filmmaker in Iran. So that's when he moved to the U.S. So between eighty-seven and ninety-two, thereabouts, he directed five films in the United States. Uh, one was the one we watched, Samurai Cop. He also directed one called uh, Young Rebels, another called Gypsy, another called Hollywood Cop, and another one called <laughs> Killing American Style. So, so actually, actually, that that film. By by the way, by the way, by the way, like like a serious, a slight serious thing I'm gonna make. Killing American style. I get the sense when I'm watching this movie that he feels that this is American culture. You know what I mean? That like we're we're all incredibly like violence obsessed, sex obsessed. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it really is like. Yeah, it's not like when you read. I know like, I am. It's like when you read Judge Dredd and you realize like it's a very British criticism of yeah. of America, mm. and then like, you realize like oh that actually makes it really funny. Well, yeah. or, or even it's true that that's true of the perception that is where he comes from off off America. Paul Verhoeven, for instance, like uh, all of his American films, a lot particularly. Uh, uh, I, I actually have been on some film forums and IRC channels on the internet. I was chatting with some people oh, from Europe. Internet. Ooh, internet, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't it incredible? It's dirty. <laughs> but but I've, chatted, I've chatted with Europeans about uh, Paul Verhoeven's films, and they all feel very passionately that every one of his movies is a satire on American culture. And oh, they feel yeah. that some of his movies, a lot of Americans are too stupid to realize that he's it is they're they're directly making fun of American culture. Yeah. And I mean, as no, bad as this movie as bad as this movie is, I get this like bizarro sense that like this is like a cartoon caricature of you know what I mean? No, I, th- I think you are I don't thinking know. more about this film than the director thought about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally agree. Okay, okay. <laughs> I would say like because you're talking about like earnestness and passion yeah. and behind that, and if anything, I get, I get. I mean, I got to bring up like the the great Ed Wood because oh, yeah. Ed oh, yeah. Wood because yeah. Ed Wood was a guy who his films were awful. But he had like a lot of passion in his work, and he wasn't going to let a little thing like lack of talent stop him from doing what he wanted to do. That's and, the most American thing of all. And, yeah. like, <laughs> and if that is, if that is not true. the American dream, I don't know what it is. Oh my god! So the, the weird thing is, is that these kind of movies they really sit in like a niche. It seems like because mm-hmm. you've got like if someone is like at no talent and they make a movie, it could end up being a boring mess. But you really have to have like just enough talent to make it like watchable, but mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. But like funny, yep. but not funny on purpose. Yeah, so it's like this amalgam of it's like Ooh. a blunt. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, and, and and comedies and failed comedies, for instance, that are this poorly made, are Ooh. painful to watch. Yeah. And right. They have to be. They have to be. Yeah, uh, they have to be. They have to be. You know what I mean? They have to be serious, earnest movies that end up being funny. Right. right. But anyways, yeah. you're going to say something. I'm no, sorry. I was, I was going to say that that for me, like you just backtrack a little bit, like the. The earnestness came out in like his framing of scenes, mm-hmm. which just I've never seen anything like that. Where they, like on purpose he was obstructing the only two people <laughs> on the scene, yes. yeah. trying to like frame them through this statue to like make some kind of point. Which, <laughs> like no, it's just, it's just, it's he found some random statue and he he decided that oh I'm going to set up the camera behind this because this is artistic to me. Or, mean, or the lion there. in the background. Or, yeah, or the, the lion cam- in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, the camera pans right to the lion. Yeah. yeah. Like the yeah. lion is the main character or something. If you actually if you look at the statue it is in fact a woman's body. I'm not making this up. Yeah, it's with a like woman's body. Loads, so like I think he just was like, I want to do another crotch shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Inception. I get it. It's yeah. crotch shots within crotch shots. Right. Yeah. And then Oslo, right? Burn. <laughs> but yeah. I... He's so beautiful. Well, yeah, I, can, I could go all night. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm just game to just keep talking about this guy and all this. Just the Beautiful mise en scène, you said, right? Okay, so we're. we're I don't really like yeah. foreigners, but that, that's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is, what is happening to you? Oh my god. 
Get out of here. Wait, am I in the wrong place? You might be in the wrong city. Or country. Uh... All right, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish up uh, with Samurai Cop. Uh, can we get maybe uh, you want to do like final a final thoughts? thoughts? Uh, just kind of go around the room, each individual, nobody interrupt. Uh, just say some thoughts about this movie. Oh God, I have to start. Yeah, can I go last? I can go first if you want me to. Uh, <laughs> this guy is a cop, and he's a samurai, and he speaks fluent Japanese. That's why he has to fight Fugiyamo with his sword, which is a katana, which means Japanese for sword. That's my thoughts. You can go last. Oh, okay. There's a club up my ass. (laughs) I I gotta get it out. Oh my god, that was my favorite part of the movie. Um, I am gonna go onto eBay and look for that line. <laughs> because, uh, I feel like I really need to have it now, so that's that's what I'm taking away from this entire thing. One word, hyphenated, multi-universe. I I, I can see this. The Avengers, DC. I think they should partner with multiple properties. There's so much going on here. The Samurai Cop Cinematic Universe. Yes. Oh yes. my God. Multiverse soft reboot. I just think it would be perfect. We need, universe. we need a dark and gritty update. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. I don't know who would star in it, but maybe we should go like the opposite route and make it like uh, like a twelve year old, uh, like a pan Pacific Asian uh, girl who doesn't speak any English. Well, yeah. Well, and she can be a Chinese star, and that way we'd be more likely to sell it in China. Yes. And make part, billions. <laughs> I would love that. Part samurai, part cop. All cop. <laughs> All right. I think I'll just use the uh, deadly code of silence. <laughs> <laughs> no, wow. you have so much to live for. That's brave. I like um, it. This this film is amazing. It fails on every level, and everyone needs to watch it. <laughs> Most accurate historical adaptation of Japanese culture in film history. <laughs> Better than The Last Samurai. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, I just want to know what kind of shampoo Man- Manhattan uses because damn, the like like hair is everywhere. <laughs> Keep it warm. <laughs> oh, 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 I have to follow that. <laughs> See, you should have gone first. Keep it cold. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Uh, I have to say that, like, just um, personally, I don't really like watching bad movies that are so bad that they're good. And I like this movie, and so like, <laughs> so so I just want to say for all of you who might be like, ah, but it's probably just bad. It's like as long as you're with a, a fun group of people when you watch it, it's it's. <laughs> It's wonderful. I, I'd also recommend a few beers. Um, <laughs> alcohol makes everything better, especially driving. <laughs> <laughs> what is your don't do? <laughs> don't drink and drive, kids. Please, please, please. This podcast does not endorse any of the views spoken by him. Get out, man. Get out. I feel like there's a lot of hate coming my direction. That's why. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening and, to. Um, Please join us next month when we do a podcast on Boyhood. Completely oh. different direction. Yeah, thank you for listening to the Film Punch podcast where we normally talk about decent movies and have, like, unironic intelligent conversation. Bye, I love you all. Have a good one, everyone. Hey, cool. Yep. Keep it warm. muscle-bound cop in the ladies' wig and the bat-fitting baseball cap. See him driving around the city, running over bad guys in his Chevrolet piece of crap. On loan from San Diego, they call him Samurai. But he doesn't fit the profile for a samurai. He doesn't even have a sword. Son of a bitch as he respects the Japanese of this country. He's gonna turn him into fertilizer while he's making time with the gang boss's lady. Samurai cop at the cop shop flirting with the lady.